Hey girl, welcome back to another episode of Rock That Fitness with Anna Rockstar. How you doing, girl? I'm so glad that you tuned in once again. I'm so grateful, so thankful for you and you taking the time to hang out with me for just a little bit today. So um, thank you. Thanks for doing that today. I'm super excited because, girl, I'm going to be geeking out about cardiovascular fitness. I know cardio been getting kind of a bad rap, but I have some great news to tell you. I want to talk all about it, especially if you love cardio, or if you don't, you might start to love it after this episode. Um, And I'm also going to talk about my experience with my triathlon that I completed, I competed in and completed um, at the end of April, which was a total blast. I'm your host, Anna Wilson, certified personal trainer, nutrition coach, and registered nurse. I'm also the founder and very proud coach of Rock That Fitness, the best online women's fitness community ever. If you haven't yet done so, please hit that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. Rock That Fitness with Anna Rockstar is a podcast that I created for you to bring you fresh insight that will help you improve your own fit lifestyle. Each week, I'm bringing you a thought-provoking show that challenges and inspires you to get out of your comfort zone and live your own best rock star life through nutrition, fitness, and mindset. So get ready, get set, lace up those shoes, and let's go rock that walk. What are you doing, girl? I'll tell you what I'm doing. (laughs) Do you like when I say that? I don't know. Sometimes I'm sick of myself, but People on social media think it's funny, so I'm going to keep that up. I want to share, before I get into all the exciting, exciting details and educational material today about cardiovascular fitness, I'm going to share a story because I shared a story recently on a podcast episode and it, it was received well, so I thought, why not share another one of my little, you know, stories. This story does involve country boys, so so here we go. You know, if you do follow me on social media, um, well, I do collect money, coins. I find money, like, everywhere. Like, especially when I'm going on my run or when I'm walking. uh, I find it in the gym. I find it in parking lots. And you probably do, too. But I started collecting money, I don't know, a couple two, three years ago, I just started making a habit of collecting it. And I love to see how much money I can collect over a month or the entire year. So it's been fun. So Ron knows. And what's funny is that he he gets excited when he finds money and he tells me. So it's like a little trend thing. But what he doesn't know is I think he's the one that inspired me to start collecting money, to start saving it, to pick up every penny I find. Because I think in the past, I used to like leave, like if I saw a penny on the ground, I didn't pick it up. But one time Ron picked up a penny off the ground and I was like, oh, you picked up a penny. And he made a big deal about it. He's like, yeah, I'm one penny richer. I don't think he remembers that. But I was inspired by that. Like having respect for money. Like what's just a penny? It's just one penny. But guess what? One penny adds up. Every time you pick one up, it adds up. So yeah, I started collecting money. So here's my story. We go on walks regularly. Ron and I go on our walks and uh, it's called walk on the big dog. Well, I find money, he finds money. And he usually picks up things like, I don't know, washers. Do you know what a washer is? It's not, it's like it goes to the nuts and bolts of things. So he, he'll find a washer and he'll pick it up. He's like, I don't know how much a washer costs. He'll mention the cost of the, the washer, whatever. So for him, it's like money. Like, oh, this is a washer. This is valuable. So he picks it up. So, um, one day we were walking along, I think I found a penny or a dime. No, this one was a dime, but it was so dirty that it looked like a penny. Um, and, um, this is going to be TMI and sorry, not sorry, but a lot of times I will put the coin on the inside of my sports bra. That way I don't lose it because I'll forget sometimes if I put it inside of my little fanny pack, I'll forget about it. So I put it right inside my sports bra right there. Um, and that way when I'm undressing, it'll fall on the floor and I'll remember, okay, I got, got me some coins. Well, this one day, so I found a dime, put it in my sports bra and we're walking along and then Ron finds a wood screw. I guess it was a decent wood screw because he picked it up. And, um, so, you know, go about our day, go about our walk and I get home and we're, uh, you know, we're getting cleaned up. I'm getting ready to take a shower. So I, um, 
I I take off all my clothes. I forgot about the coin, as usual, taking off my clothes. And well, you know, uh, the coin is like stuck, stuck to my breast. And I thought it would be funny. So (laughs) I walked out into the bathroom with this thing stuck on my breast and he's there. I'm like, oh, look, this is how I collect my coins. This is where I put them. So that night we are chit-chatting, you know, a little pillow talk right before we go to sleep. And I explained to him about the reason that I put the coin inside of my sports bra. Why? Because if I put it anywhere else, a pocket or my, my fanny pack, I'll forget about it. I'll lose it. And, um, and he said, well, I have a little funny confession. (laughs) He said, after you walked out of the bathroom with that thing stuck on you, I, and you took a shower, I remembered that I forgot to take that wood screw out of my pocket when I put it inside of the um, my laundry. So I had to run back in there and dig out my shorts to find that wood screw in my pocket. <laughs> so I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funny. So anyways, um, country boy, finding wood screws, washers, and um, yeah. He, he remembered when I walked out with the coin stuck to my girl. Anyway, all right, so let's get into, I don't know, I kind of feel like this is a lesson today, but it's exciting and fun. We're going to be getting into this. Like, I'm going to be geeking out, so you might want to have pen and paper. Um, if you're driving, you don't do that, but you might want to come back and write down some things because I am going to get... I am going to get a little sciencey, I guess. Um, there's going to be a little math in here, but I like to keep things as simple as possible. So even though I'm going to share these, I don't know, um, this data, these details, this information, I I know I'm going to I'm going to help you figure this out in an easier way. Like, how can we? Let's just simplify this, and I will eventually. So, so why I was inspired to talk about cardio today is because, well, I just completed that triathlon. I completed the Keep Texas Wild Triathlon here. Um, It's in Mathis, Texas. And this year it was on April 30th. The last time I did a triathlon was, whoo, a long time ago. I I don't even remember my times or anything. And I think think I've only done one in the past, if I can remember, because there's only one that I can remember of. And it was in Houston, Texas. It was a Danskin. It was a sprint, I believe. And um, I, like I said, I even tried to look up the detail. I tried to find the result. I couldn't find it. It's so old. Like it was in 2000, maybe 2000, year 2000, I think. So anyway, that was the last time, you know, and I've thought about doing one again many, many, many times. Just didn't, just haven't um, been inspired to do it. Oh, this, but, um, so I did, I was excited because I, I made a new friend. I met her in the cycling group and she does triathlons and I was just inspired. I'm like, you know what? That's what I'm going to put on my list of things, my challenges for 2023. So I know, um, getting to like thinking about it, I was like, and I'm already, I already run regularly. I already cycle regularly. The only thing that I'm going to have to do is add swimming. Yeah. That should be pretty easy. Um, although the swim times for lap, you know, lap swims at the different places that I would be able to go to, it just, it's, they're usually not at a convenient time. And also it's just not convenient to have to put that into my schedule to drive to it and go get those swim sessions. in. so what I decided to do is to try to train with a tether, tethered swimming. So I ordered myself a swim tether, got all the things and um, hooked things up. I'm not even going to go into all the details of that, but I did uh, start to train with a tether. Um, I'll tell you what, it's not easy. The first time I did it, I was like, I pretty much was swimming. I did alternate like freestyle and breaststroke. And I was out there the first time. And uh, I mean, five minutes went by. I stopped and looked at my watch because it felt like so long. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'll go again. Started swimming. So my first session <laughs> was only 10 minutes. But boy, did that feel like a long time. So I had only done that one. And then then I decided I needed to find out like how much, I didn't really know like how long I needed to be swimming for. And I just, okay, full disclosure, I didn't do a lot of research on times and finishing times and how much time it takes to swim 600 yards or whatever. Um, 
because in my mind, I'm fit enough to finish a triathlon. And that was my goal. I just wanted to finish. So, and plus, well, not to mention, I just got a lot of things going on. Okay. So I didn't put the time into doing the research on this. So I asked my friend, like, how long should I be swimming for if I'm going to train? Because I don't know how far I'm going when I'm tethered, obviously. And she said, just try to finish, just try to swim for 20 minutes nonstop. So that was my goal. And, and I did. And I'll tell you what, every single time I did, which there was not a lot of times, I did not do a lot of swim training because it was one of those things where it was like, I wasn't, it wasn't in my schedule on a regular basis. It wasn't a habit. It wasn't part of my routine. So quite honestly, I can probably count on one hand how many swim sessions I did. I'm not even, I'm like, I'm not even embarrassed or mad about it. It just is what it is. You know, it is what it is. I did not enjoy the tethered swimming. Um, so anyway, I did manage to do some swimming nonstop with the freestyle and breaststroke a couple of times. So I knew, I knew I was going to be able to finish. No big deal. Maybe you're wondering the reason or like, where did I, how did I get, you know, interested in cardiovascular fitness? And this happened a long time ago. Um, this was back in like right around the time I was, I was in the Coast Guard and I got really into it because I, I was the uh, health and wellness representative. Uh, they, they sent me out of state for some training and I became that and I helped people. So I learned a lot about fitness at that time and I really geeked out about it. Now was I like in perfect shape or anywhere near it? No, but I've always just had such a passion and love for, for fitness. And at that time, and I remember before going into the Coast Guard, when I, I took a course, I took a course in college called fitness conditioning. And this is where I learned a lot about heart health and cardiovascular fitness. Um, and um, interestingly enough, this is where I learned in this college, I was taking, I was getting my associate's degree at the time. And this was like an extracurricular class. And at that time, this was where I learned to love running. Um, and I say running loosely because let's face it, I ain't doing a lot of running. Okay. I might be doing some interval running at some times, but a lot of times I'm jogging. Okay. No shame in that. It is part of heart health. It's part of cardiovascular fitness. So how did I love it? So what happened was, um, my coach, the, the professor coach, he, he taught me, he said, just don't stop. So I'm like a lot of people um, years ago. I hated running. I, in high school, in junior high, oh my God, it was like torture. Who wants to run? Like, ugh, you know, it's hard. It's torturous. You can't breathe. You want to just stop. And then of course, you know, I would. I would stop when I was tired. But he said, don't, just don't stop. Keep going. But you don't have to go fast. Just baby jog. So for those of you who know, I like to use that term that's where that term came from. Just baby jog. So man, that stuck with me. I was like, okay, I don't have to stop and walk. I'll just baby jog. That meant like, as I was running along, if I felt like I wanted to stop and walk instead of walking, I would baby jog. And I slowly over time got better and better at this. And I'll never forget the first time I actually, I think I we had a test and I completed an entire mile without stopping and walking. And I remember I, I was so excited when I got back to the gym running, I kept running loops around the gymnasium because I was so excited that I could run or jog nonstop. So that's how I started loving um, cardio because I realized that you don't have to push yourself so hard that it that it's no fun. So what exactly does it mean? Cardiovascular exercise also known as aerobic exercise. It's when you challenge your heart to pump and supply the muscles, the rest of your body with oxygen rich blood. So you're challenging your heart and your lungs to circulate that blood, to get that oxygen to all parts of your body. Um, that's what cardiovascular health, that's what, car that's what cardiovascular fitness is, is about. And so what exercises are deemed like cardio? That would be like running, cycling, swimming, rowing, a brisk walking, dancing, um, HIIT workouts, which is high intensity interval training. Dan did I say dancing? Dancing. Um, the elliptical machine or even a stationary bike. It's when you're going to get your heart rate elevated. So when you add cardiovascular 
exercises, aerobic exercises to your routine weekly or yeah, during the week and you do this on a routine, you're going to be seeing improvements in your cardiovascular system. You'll see improvements. Your heart will get stronger and be able to pump more efficiently, sending your blood through your body more efficiently, getting that oxygen to all your muscles. Um, And that is what cardiovascular fitness is all about. This is probably a good spot to just mention what is the difference between doing cardio because we're just I'm just going to start calling it cardio because that's what everybody calls it. What's the difference between doing cardio and getting steps? Like, is it the same? Um, and it can be steps, right? We hear people saying, "I'm gonna get I'm gonna get ten thousand steps." And where does that come from? I'm gonna tell you just in a second too. But there is a difference. Um, just doing a stroll in the park, walking around like this isn't cardiovascular. Uh, fitness, it's not challenging you, you, it's not challenging your heart and lungs. You're just strolling, you know, walking around like that. If you want to challenge yourself, you would have to actually get your heart rate up. Um, so a brisk walk would, would do that. And it's going to be individual for each person, depending on your heart health. So this idea of getting 10,000 steps as a fitness goal, it comes, it actually, you could, it dates back to the mid-1960s. There was a company in Japan that created um, a pedometer to count steps, to count your steps. And they basically used 10,000 steps as the goal. And that was the number that this company chose because it was catchy and it was catchy for marketing. Well, that actually, that whole marketing thing started to gain popularity over here. Um, in the early 2000s. Um, And so, and a number of scientific studies show that walking about 10,000 steps a day is associated with some health benefits, such as weight loss, improved cardiovascular health. So I'm definitely not going to downplay the importance of walking. Walking, um, just getting exercise of any kind on a daily basis, moving our body, activity, staying active, Walking is, is great. So, I mean, like some people, that's that's the only thing that they're able to do. They may have limitations. And so, great. If, you could, if that's what you can do, then do it. Um, but how, let's get back to cardio. How, what is the recommended amount of cardio to get for heart health? Well, the American Heart Association recommends 150 minutes, about 150 minutes of moderate cardiovascular exercise a week or 75 minutes of high intensity cardiovascular exercise a week. Um, so when you break that down, like if you, if you wanted to do that 150 minutes in a week, that would be three times a week would be 50 minutes. So now you're probably thinking, whoa, if you, you know, like, if you don't, if you don't add cardio into your, into your routine, and that just sounds like a lot right off the bat. Well, just like anything, you know, if you want to get started, then start out small. And I'm going to talk about that at the end, how to get started, some ideas for you. Um, or like, so 150 minutes. Um, if you wanted to break that into four days a week, that's 37, uh, exactly 37 and a half minutes each for four days a week. So that just gives you, kind of gives you an idea. Now you might be asking about mine. Um, I got into, I don't know if you, if you didn't get a chance to listen to how I started my fitness journey, that's an episode way, way in the very beginning of my, my podcast. So, um, Chrissy, if you don't mind, please link that episode. I talk about how I started and it's pretty decent. So maybe you'll learn something from there. Um, as far as like how you can get started, but with myself, my fitness journey um, kind of evolved, yes, I definitely, this time around, I should say, because obviously I did some fitness when I was in the Coast Guard. I did some fitness um, just throughout my life and even off and on during the time I was a young mom. Um, I didn't, I was never, I, I had never hit any fitness uh, physique goals until my, what, late 40s, early 50s. Well, I'm 52 now, so... Um, but I have always loved being, I loved, I've always loved being active. I've always enjoyed exercise, um, and those kind of things. So anyway, what do I do these days? I have a pretty, pretty, yeah, my routine is, is pretty much ingrained right now. My schedule, I, I do strength train, obviously, I say obviously, like I'm all like, I'm all that y'all. I don't mean it like that. I just meant like strength training is important to me. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I make it to the gym to do my strength training three days a week. And that's what I've been doing. I know some people are really surprised. I don't know what the surprise is. And all I can think is the surprise is that you can see that I am strong. You can see I have muscle definition and it probably for some reason people think that I spend hours in the gym. Well, I don't. It I only go to the gym three days a week. I do a lower body ex, uh, workout. I do upper body workout. I do a full body workout. I may not do them in that order every week, but I do get three strength training sessions in a week. Um, there are some heart ben- there are some heart health benefits to strength training. So I'm not going to um, say there aren't. There are some. Um, so what else do I do? I also twice a week, I'm pretty routine, pretty consistent, I will go running and running being, you know, my slow baby jog, my zone two-ish, zone three-ish steady cardio that I like to do twice a week. And for how long, mm, you know, sometimes, and if I don't get it, if I don't get, if I don't get to bike bike ride, because I do a bike ride on the weekends, I'll do a run on the weekend. 180 to 210 minutes that equals around three to three and a half hours of cardio a week and I worked up to that that's not something like overnight I did that so I definitely worked up to it Um, and I always take a a one-day rest from time to time if if I'm super stressed or I've over kind of over did it a little bit on exercise I might take two days off and just listen closely to my body but I do want to encourage everybody to make sure you're getting a day off from exercise if you are exercising regularly on a daily basis in some way. It's good to get a break. So that's my routine. I run twice a week, uh, cycle once a week. My cycling sessions can last anywhere from an hour and a half up to three hours. Just depends on if I'm with the group or if I'm by myself. It just kind of depends. And my running sessions can be anywhere from 45 minutes to 60 minutes. And people ask me, how far do you run? And you know, the truth is, I really don't base it on distance anymore. It's more about the time spent in that cardio, um, in that cardio target heart rate zone. So for me, it's about lung and heart health. And yeah, you know, I remember back when I started getting into it, I really was really into the numbers and trying to be fast. And the more and more I started understanding cardio, I realized like trying to trying to compete with other people's pace and time was not a healthy way for my myself to handle things. And it also felt like a lot of pressure. So I, I stopped doing that a long time ago. I stopped even posting on social media my time, like pace and that kind of stuff, which I'm not saying like, don't do that. If you enjoy doing that and you like doing that, that's great. That's it. You do you, girl. Um, for me, it's all about promoting the health benefits of exercise and, and it's more about the time. And if you listen to that episode about how I got started, time was great because I didn't have to worry about the distance. It was more like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go away from the house for 20 minutes and I'm going to come back. That's 40, you know, go away for 15 minutes, come back. So I do that with my running too. If it's a day that my body is super stressed and I still want to get a little run in, I won't go my normal 50 minutes or 60 minutes. I'll just be like, you know what? I'm going to go away from the house for 20 minutes and I'm going to turn around and come back. That should be about a 40 minute run and that, that'd be good, you know? So that's kind of how I handle my, my cardio. Um, again, it's just so important. Like cardiovascular fitness is going to, I mean, combined with nutri- you know, healthy eating, of course, it's also important for your heart health. Um, but just speaking about cardiovascular fitness, cardiovascular fitness helps you in so many ways, right? Like, like I mentioned a while ago, it can help you with your weight maintenance. It can help you, um, with your, to prevent heart disease, diabetes, and, and it can help you to live a longer life. Why? Because with a strong, healthy heart circulating your blood throughout your body. Okay. Now I want to get into, you know. I want to geek out a little bit about target heart rate and why why it's important to know. And once you understand target heart rate and finding the different zones for yourself, it becomes a lot more enjoyable depending on, it doesn't even matter, like just whatever cardio you like. It could be any of those things I mentioned earlier, running, cycling, elliptical machine, um, anything, right, that's going to elevate your heart rate, get you breathing a little bit heavier and getting your heart challenged to circulate that blood and get the oxygen to the muscles. Um, 
But once you understand target heart rate and the zones, it's kind of fun. It's a game and it helps you really kind of zone in (laughs) to, to know that you are in the right target for your goal. So there are essentially five zones. There's zone one through five. And each of these zones have their benefits and their purpose. Um, For the purposes of heart health and lung health, I'm going to be focusing more on the importance of getting in regular zone two cardio or zone two to three. It's going to be very individual, individual. Uh, depending on your fitness level, depending on where you're at, but it is for you. So let's talk about that. So what is, the zones are basically, they are based off of your maximum heart rate. And here the, the zones are these. So let me just, let me just spell them out. Okay. Zone one is 50 to 60% of your maximum heart rate. This would be considered very light activity, very light. Like we're just walking around the house. We're picking things up. There's nothing going on here. (laughs) It's a stroll in the park. Zone one is very light. Zone two is light. It's more like a brisk walk or jog. So now we're getting our heart rate up 60 to 70% of our maximum heart rate, 60 to 70% of our maximum heart rate. Zone two, that's a brisk walk or slow jogging. Zone three is 70 to 80% of your, of your maximum heart rate. So that's, this is going to be mo- this can be like moderate activity, more like running or cycling zone four, 80 to 90% of your maximum heart rate. So now we're getting into some high intensity here or some fast interval training. Then there's zone five, which is 90 to hundred percent. This is your maximum effort. You are sprinting high intensity. You're giving your all. This is zone five. So Um, And these are going to vary. So every person, it can vary up to 10 beats per minute. So if you calculated this out and you calculated your heart rate, your target heart rate, and you look at it and you go, oh my goodness, I'm 10 over. You got to kind of calculate this and, and, um, and gather your data regularly and see maybe that is just you, or maybe you are under by 10 beats per minute on those targets, but it's going to be very individual. So don't think like these are like hard in stone numbers. They have to be this, but anyway, those are the zones, zone one through five. Um, I'm going to be, um, trying to focus more on the zone two, which is the 60 to 70% of your maximum heart rate. So now the question is, how do you know, like, how do you know your target heart rate? How do you know your maximum heart rate? Okay. So one of the oldest methods in the book for, for calculating your maximum heart rate, or rather one of the most popular ways to do it is just to subtract your age from the number 220. And then you'll get what is considered your maximum heart rate. So for myself, I'm 52 years old. So 220 minus 52, that's 168 for my maximum heart rate. And um, I'm just going to tell you these numbers I crunched real quick for this episode to share with you. 168 multiplied by 70% is 117.6 beats per minute. Now I look at this and I'm like, what? I don't stay in 117 beats per minute when I'm out jogging. Um, so there's another way that I personally recommend to calculate your maximum heart rate and also Um, your target heart rate. And I'm going to share that with you in just a second. But anyway, just giving you an idea, like this is the oldest way, 220 minus your age is going to give you your maximum heart rate. Why do you need to know that? Because once you have your maximum heart rate number, that's the number you're going to multiply these percentages by to find your zone. Like I said, zone one, 50 to 60%, zone two, 60 to 70%. I know you're, you're probably just listening going, Oh, I don't know about this, but go, go check it out. Go do some research, Google it. Go Google zone, zone, uh, target heart rate zones, and you'll see the percentages so that you can figure out where you're at. And why is this, why am I talking about this? Why is this so exciting? Because when you can determine that you want to stay inside of a zone two, now you can start paying attention to your heart rate and you won't be pushing yourself outside of that aerobic zone to the anaerobic zone. I'm not going to get into that, but basically that's when your body starts dipping into glycogen stores, your, your sugar stores, energy coming from your muscles rather than the energy that's already inside of your blood. So I'm not going to get into all the science behind it, but when you figure out that I want to stay in zone two, now you can start paying attention and you're going to go, Oh, see zone two, zone three ish is this place where when you get into this cardio 
steady state cardio, it feels like you can just go and go and go. It's like you're in the flow and it gets to be pretty comfortable at that place. So you don't have to feel like you're pushing yourself so hard um, to those. But what I said, like, right, all the zones have their benefits because if you are training to be faster at what you're doing, you're probably going to end up doing some interval work that will have you training in some zone four, some zone five for sprinting and those kind of things. But I'm not focusing on that for, for this purpose today. So the other method that I prefer that I think is a lot more, well, it is more accurate. It's more individualized. It's called the Carvonin method. And it takes into account your personal resting heart rate. So you have to know what your resting heart rate is to do this calculation. And the best way to get your resting heart rate is first thing in the morning before you get out of bed, just right when you wake up, take, take your heart rate, which by the way, how do you check your heart rate? I mean, if you want to get, if you want to have a really accurate way, I mean, you know, just check your carotid artery. That's the one right on your neck. I'm, I'm not able to show you visually how to do that. So maybe you want to go YouTube this one as well. Um, or if you have a, um, a heart rate monitor or some way of tracking your heart rate, like a watch, like your Apple watch check, will check your heart rate. So do this when you first wake up to get your resting heart rate. Okay. Um, if you wait till later in the day, it's not going to be a very accurate resting heart rate because you you're doing things, you're going around, you know, you got your heart rate up because maybe you're thinking about things, you're stressed out. Maybe you've had some caffeine. That's not going to be a resting heart rate. You need to do this first thing in the morning, get your just woke up resting heart rate. Okay. You're going to set that number aside. You're going to use that in just a minute. But for now, the next thing you're going to do is you're going to take your maximum heart rate, that 220 minus your age, that number. All right. And you're going to take that number and you are going to subtract your resting heart rate. And that's going to give you your heart rate reserve. This, your HRR is the number you're going to use to multiply the percentages for the zone. And then after you do that, you're going to add back the resting heart rate. And that's going to give you your target heart rate. I know that's a lot, right? So I think we're going to go ahead and put this inside of the show notes, the calculation or the actually the formula for it. So I'm going to give you an example for myself. My resting heart rate is typically some anywhere between 43 or 45 beats per minute. It's a little, it's on the low side because obviously I have pretty good conditioning cardiovascularly. Um, so 220 minus uh, my age, 52, that's 168. So I subtract my, I'm going to use 45 as my resting heart rate. So 168 minus 45. So my um, rest heart, heart rate reserve is 120 beats per minute. So I'm going to take that number. And if I wanted to know what 70% of that is for my zone, for my zone two, that's 123 times 70%. And that equals 86.1. Then I'm going to add back my resting heart rate. That's 45. And that equals 131.1. So that would be like my zone two. But I look at that number and I'm like, hmm, I don't know. Um, I think I stay somewhere pretty typically between 130, 140, um, up to 155 as my um, kind of like, that's kind of like my target, but I know that's mine and it's, it's my normal for myself. So do those calculations for yourself. We'll put the formula inside of the show notes so you can do those calculations for yourself. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to figure out and, and you'll be surprised because you, you may, many people, when they start paying attention to these zones and the heart rate zones, they realize that they've been pushing themselves way too hard. And by doing that, it's not fun. And they they have this really bad taste in their mouth about cardio because it just feels torturous. But if you can get yourself in a brisk walk and get your heart rate into that zone two, hey, good enough, right? Um, so that's zone two. Um, and that's where I, I recommend and people recommend, <laughs> experts recommend, as far as fitness goes, to try to get in that 150 minutes a week. How you divide that up for yourself, completely up to you. If you want to divide that up over you know, three days, four days, five days in the week, 
um, to get your cardio, to get your cardio fitness, to get your heart strong, your heart and lungs healthy and strong. This is really cool. This is a little um, something that I would want to encourage you to do is with, as you do this, as you start to implement your own personal work on your cardiovascular fitness, when you take your resting heart rate in the morning, do this, do this like, you know, and, and, and log this, log that number, log the date, start checking it every single day in the morning and watch what happens over a period of like three weeks, four weeks. You're going to notice that if you haven't been, if you haven't been, um, including cardio exercise and you start to implement this consistently, what you're going to find out is your cardiovascular fitness is going to improve. And how do you know it's improving? Well, your resting heart rate first thing in the morning is going to be lower than it was when you first started. So check that out. It's so fun. I get so excited about this. All right. So with without all these numbers, like I, some people, they love and geek out over the numbers. I'm not big into the numbers, but I wanted you to have an understanding of the different zones and why they are zone one, very light. Zone two, light. These are activity levels. Zone three, moderate activity. Zone four, high intensity. Zone five, maximum effort. Those are the zones. So staying within zone two, how do you do that without geeking out about the numbers and very simply do a talk test? This is what I tell everybody. Don't get all freaked out about this, but you want to know that you're in zone two. You'll know if you are doing your cardio, whatever your favorite cardio is, and you're having, and you're able to, you know, speak a couple of sentences, of course, your breathing is going to be a little bit harder. Of course, you're still going to be trying to get air as you're doing your cardio, but you're able to still have maybe a conversation of like two sentences at a time or um, more accurately, maybe 12 to 15 words in a sentence. If you can do that, then you're in a good place. That would be a good zone. So do that talk test. If you can still kind of carry on a conversation, yes, you're going to be a little winded, but if you can still carry on a conversation, that's a pretty good place. And that's how you can know you're in zone two. I'll tell you what people, um, laugh about this. I do, I do have phone calls from time to time, whether it's family or friends. I love sometimes to, throw a phone call in to one of my runs because it's um, it's just a great time to catch up with somebody and I'm in my zone two. And if I know I'm having difficulty talking, then I know I'm pushing myself past zone two. So it's, it's a nice little talk test. <laughs> so give that a try. I would love to hear how that works out for you and if any of that resonates with you. I mean, this heart health is just so darn important. And I think people... They don't realize how important it is, but, you know, getting your cardiovascular fitness, getting yourself in shape, getting, getting, having a heart that is strong. And by the way, I probably, this probably goes without saying, but as a nurse, I have to say it. There are other things that are going to impact your heart health. Obviously could be genetic, could be your condition, your health that, you know, whatever conditions you might have, medical conditions, maybe medications you're on. But I'm basically all of these things that I'm talking about really just directed at um, someone who's in relatively, you know, good health and not, not having any of the chronic diseases or problems like this. Um, but look, it's important to work on your heart health. So be thinking about it and how you can maybe find that, find something that interests you that you enjoy and, and get your cardio, girl, get your cardio. Now, Maybe you're asking, well, I'm a walker, so doesn't that count? And I would say it just depends. You know, you need to be able to make sure you're in a zone, at least like zone two. And if you are getting in zone two, calculating your target heart rate for zone two, which was that 60 to 70% of your maximum heart rate, or even 70% to 80%, if walking briskly gets your heart rate up like that, then there you go. You're there. Now, I will speak from my own experience. Do I get 10,000 steps every single day? Um, well, I tend to get about 10,000 steps pretty regularly. But I'll tell you this. Um, if I did run that day, um, I probably am going to get 10,000 steps. 
Um, does that mean, oh, I was running, so I need to go walk and, and I've got to get 10,000 steps walking. No, <laughs> you're going to include whatever cardio you did that day and you're going to mark that as part of your steps. So however that works for you, I hope that makes sense. However that works for you, um, make it work for yourself and don't overwhelm yourself with all these things. Like if you don't even do any of this, then just start out walking. Like I started out walking. I gave myself a challenge of three days a week for 30 minutes for 30 days. Um, I call that the, the three thirty thirty challenge. Um, for me, it was just about committing to myself for 30 days that I was going to get out and walk for 30 minutes, three days a week. So I set my schedule up that way. So figure out for yourself what is doable and do if, if something, you know, seems like it's not, it's too much, then start out with a small increment of that. And I mean, I'm telling you five minutes, even if you just start small, like five minute rule, get out and do it five minutes. And then you'll find that you'll slowly be able to add to it. And I'm talking about walking. I'm talking about cardio, all of these things, any of these exercises. Yes, it's going to, it's going to require you to establish a habit. So don't overwhelm yourself with too much. Be realistic, make a plan for yourself that you know that you can attain that and then start getting some wins and increase your confidence and let that build and build over time. You'll, you will start feeling better, not just physically, but mentally, um, all the things. It's just like anything, as I always say, little by little, a little becomes a lot. Be patient with yourself. It's going to take patience. It's going to take time and it's going to take consistency. So consistency is like we all say the key progress, not perfection. Just, you know, throwing out all the things to remember. So you might also be asking, but what about calories burned, right? Because exercise does burn calories because you need, and calories are energy. So duh, we are burning calories. Yes, we are. Um, but I absolutely am going to remind you and caution you against adding calories back into your diet, whether you are whether you are on a weight loss journey or not, because when we start to have this idea that, well, I had, you know, I worked out hard today, I'm going to add back that 500 calories that my fitness tracker told me, um, listen, your fitness tracker, I hate to tell you this, but it's probably not accurate. Um, yeah, they are notoriously inaccurate. Okay. We don't have control of how many calories your body is really burning. The only thing we do have control over is how many calories we are eating. That's what we have control over. So this happens to, um, sad, sad to say, but a lot of people, they just add back calories that their fitness trackers telling them, Oh, I burned 250 extra calories today. So they eat extra. And most of the time they eat more than that 250 calories. And so over time, what happens, right? The opposite. We start to gain weight because we are putting more energy into our body than our body is expending. So it's just a very simple principle. It is, it's kind of like, you know, move more, eat less, whatever, that kind of thing. It's a lot more complicated than that because obviously we're dealing with human beings. We're not robots. There's a metabolism factor involved, which is your age, height, weight, gender, activity level, all those things. Basically, do not add calories burned back into your diet. Pay attention to your your hunger cues, your satiety cues. If you're still hungry, yeah, go ahead and give yourself some food, especially if you worked out really hard. But don't use your fitness tracker as a guide to how much calories, how many more calories you should be putting back into your diet, okay? Let's not do that, girl. Um, yeah, listen to your body. And, and, don't, and you might be going, like, well, my, my fitness tracker, I can only speak for my fitness pal because that's the one that I use. Um, go to steps and disable the steps. That will take care of it. It won't add any exercise back into your calories um, in your fitness pal. Go to steps, disable steps. Very simple. Okay, now I want to talk a little bit. I want to give my story about my actual triathlon experience because it was just so fun. What a blast. Um, and this is why this ties in because in a triathlon, you have three different exercises back to back. And guess what? All three of them are cardiovascular exercises. They're all three aerobic exercises, right? You go swimming, you go biking, and then you run. So 
um, I found it, I thought it would be fitting to tell you my story in the triathlon, which by the way, I love cardio, but I don't run nearly as much as I used to. Um, back before I had kids, just as a real quick history lesson on Anna, um, I did two full marathons. I did a marathon, the San Antonio, the rock and roll San Antonio, San Antonio rock and roll marathon. I did that one. And then I did the, I did one in, in Houston, the Houston marathon. I don't remember what it was called, but it was the Houston marathon. And I actually did that one a month later. Um, prior to that, I had done a lot of running, um, you know, half, half marathon one time I did some 10 K of course, lots of five K's. Those are always popular. Um, so lots of running involved in there. Um, and so, so I do have a little history of training for these kind of things. It was fun, but I don't, I don't, I am not what you would consider. Like I just go for long, long runs. Why? Cause I don't have a goal for that. So if that's your goal, yes, you're going to be training to do that, whatever that event is. And sometimes if you're training for like a half marathon or a marathon, obviously the majority of your training is going to be running. Obviously, um, I'm not training for any of those things. And I love the, I love the way that I have my fitness routine set up. It's very well balanced in my opinion. Um, and not going and, and pushing myself too hard and running. I mean, as we're aging, we still need to, we do need to pay close attention to our body and we are still aging, even though we're doing everything we can to slow that aging process, we are still aging. So we don't want to overstress our body and exercise does put stress on our body, put stress on your bones, put stress on your joints, but we want to do it in a healthy way, which is like just doing it enough for the, for the body to have to adapt to it get better. And of course, strength training helps you uh, be stronger and helps your, your bones, um, get stronger, muscles, stronger joints, stronger strength training. You better be getting your strength training in girl. And if you're not, well, we need to have a little talk. <laughs> so this is the reason why I don't, I don't overdo cardio, but I love it. I'm telling you, I have to hold myself back because I love a good, long, long run. And I, I just don't do that these days. Cause I know that I'm, I just want to protect my joints and, um, I get enough. I try to get out there. You know, I actually probably get more than I need maybe, but, um, you know, I'm fueling myself well and getting my strength training in and I, and I vary everything. So, and I'm getting that day a week rest. Well, I go on a tangent anyway. Um, yeah, let's talk about the triathlon, the Keep Texas Wild Triathlon, April 30th. I have no idea what my time is going to be. This is really fun. I just kind of was thinking, I have no idea how long it's going to take me to swim because I've been doing a tethered swim. I can swim nonstop 20 minutes, so there's that. Um, I'm going to be running, riding my bike for 12 miles, and I'm thinking I can probably get that in at least in under an hour for sure. Um, and then I was thinking the run, that's a, what was it we doing? Like a 5k. So my goal was to get it in under 35 minutes. I know that's, I'm not a fast runner. I'm slow, but it turns out that my times were my swim ended up. I'm going to give you the exact times. Cause they're, I got the results. 14, 14 minutes, 51 seconds was my swim. I was so proud of myself. And let me just say, no, I, I'll, I'll keep going. My transition time was two minutes, 11 seconds to get back, to get on my bike. And then my bike ride for 12 miles was 45 minutes, 57 seconds, transitioning from bike to run one minute, 30 seconds. My run was 32 minutes and 14 seconds. So total 36 minutes and some change. So, so freaking proud of myself. Did I say 36 minutes? I meant one hour and 36 minutes and some change. So, um, when I did my swim, I, when my wave was about to start there, of course there were like, I don't know how many waves ahead of me that had started already, like maybe two or three, three, I think it was like three, three or four. Um, and then I started my swim and it was in a lake. So it was open water swimming out around two buoys and then back. And girl, let me just tell you, like, I felt like I was just swimming, gliding, like, this is so easy. <laughs> I was gliding and I hardly had to do much in the way of breaststroke because it just, I was going somewhere. It's a whole different ball game than being tethered. <laughs> um, 
and I actually passed quite a few people. I passed several people that were in waves ahead of me. So I'm feeling pretty darn good about myself. Um, that was fun. That was great. It taught me something that tethered swimming is definitely hard and I don't like it. It's like, I don't like being on a treadmill. I'll do it, but I don't like it. Um, but yeah, apparently my tethered swimming helped me and I'm good with that. Got out, did my bike ride, my bike ride. Of course, to me, that's the star of the show in a triathlon, the bike ride, because you're going fast. It's so fun. I love cycling so much. Yes, there were hills. Um, there were all types of people that were on this, on this race. There were, there was relay people as well. So it wasn't just people doing the entire race. There were some people, there were some teams that were, uh, like somebody doing the swim, somebody doing the bike, somebody doing the run. So I couldn't tell who was who, but I'm still competing. I'm out here on the road and boy, was it hard. It was hard, hard going up the hills. Um, and you know, one of the thoughts I had while I was on the road on my, on the biking part of the race, I was thinking in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is so hard. This is so hard. Would you do this again? Would you do this again? Like, do you ever do that when you're in a race? Like, are you going to do this again? In the moment, I'm like, yeah, I might do this again. This is, this is hard. And you know, the funny thing was I really wasn't pushing myself all out max. Like I definitely was not in any five, like zone five. I was not in zone five. I kept myself pretty steady, probably zone three, maybe pushing zone four. I did not do all out. Okay. I could have done way better on this whole race, but I, my goal was to finish. And I did. I finished very strong and well. But anyway, on the bike ride, I thought, this is really hard. And whenever I would pass somebody, that was great. And when and just the mind games, oh my goodness, you had to have five bike lengths between you at all times, which means no drafting. What's drafting? Drafting is when you're right behind somebody and so they're blocking the wind so it's easy on you. Well, there was no drafting allowed, so nobody could be right up on my tail drafting on my draft. <laughs> Um, and I couldn't do it either. And if you were going to pass somebody, the rule was you, you had only 20 seconds to complete the pass and get out there and put another five bike lengths between you. So that was a very fun, um, just the mental challenge of the whole thing. Like I would hear somebody coming up on me, see them in my little mirror and I'm like, Hmm. I'm going to push this harder. They're not going to pass me. I love it. It's so fun. I, I get competitive in these things. Um, now, if they pass me, okay, I might, you know, tr let go ahead, give them their five links and then try really hard to pass them. And I did that. I would pass because there's so much strategy happening because some people are, they're just not as skilled at going up a hill or, um, you know, whatever, whatever, just their strategy, their skill. It's so fun. But one of the things that crossed my mind when I was thinking to myself how hard it was, because, you know, when people pass, you look at them and you're like, they look fit or their bike looks really fast. And it's like, sometimes you might think, well, they have the advantage because X, Y, Z. But you know what? We're all on the same road. We all have our own personal challenges. And to me, that just kind of gives me peace of mind because it's hard for everybody in our own certain way. And isn't that the way it is? with everything. And so just don't worry about it. Do your best. That's what I was like. I am doing my best. That's what I need to do. <laughs> I just kept bringing myself back. So bike ride was awesome. So wonderful. I was thankful for a great bike. Um, yeah, the, the bike phase was awesome. Okay. So then transition into my run. And here's the thing with the run. It was kind of funny. You get off your bike after you've been going like, you know, really fast. And I'm talking, I know I had speeds up to 22, 23 miles an hour. I know that's not the fastest, but those hills were not that big. They were kind of sh shallow hills. Um, but you're good. You're getting off your bike after going that fast. And now you're like a snail. <laughs> you're like, I felt like I was running the slowest I've ever run in my entire life. And, um, and then come to realize I was actually doing a pretty, de pretty decent pace, but man, coming off the bike and then starting to run just feels so slow. Um, and then again, you know, going up the hills and then taking advantage of the hills going down, um, and then coming in, it was really fun, which I haven't even mentioned this whole time. I have to stop for just a second. Cause I should have done this earlier. I got to mention my Brookie. She was there with me that morning for the whole event. She did all the videos. She took pictures and she was at the finish line cheering me on. She was actually at every time I came in and went, she was there cheering me on and, oh, I can get a little choked up. 
so thankful that she was there for me and captured the moments for me. And um, so I'm coming in on this run. Yes, I was definitely in a zone two, maybe zone three on this run, but I was so tired by then. Um, but when I was approaching the finish line, um, it was really funny. There was somebody, I don't know who the woman was, but she was yelling at me and she was like, she's going to give you, I don't even remember. I know she was, I think she was cussing or something. I don't know, but she was basically saying, you better run. You better sprint. You better sprint to the finish. And so it's so interesting, right? Just the, the mind game, the mind is so powerful, but hearing somebody yelling at you and telling you, you better sprint to the finish. Oh girl, let me tell you what, I kicked it in gear and I sprint to the finish. <laughs> I heard Bricky cheering me on all the way to the finish line. Um, but it's just, um, it's just funny how powerful, right? It is to hear somebody either cheering you on or yelling at you to go faster. That just kind of can bring me back memories to being in the military when they're yelling at you. You can do amazing bionic things when people are yelling at you. <laughs> the adrenaline just kicks in and you're like, oh my God, I can do it. And you, you're stronger than you think. You really, really are. So that is my, my triathlon, triathlon experience, my story. Um, but what I thought was interesting afterwards, and I did everything, like how did I do on my time? And, you know, I went and looked, I went to the triathlete.com um, website to go see what some average time was the average time. And this is what I found out. So average triathlon sprints, total time, an hour and 30 minutes up to two hours is the average. And they're just talking about men and women on here, but Hey, I did pretty darn good. Cause I came right in there, right? I was an hour and 36 minutes. Um, they said the average swim time, 20 to 25 minutes. I did mine in less than 15 minutes, bike time, 45 minutes. Mine was within that. Um, and then my, the run time between 30 and 40 minutes. Hey, I did great. I did actually, I actually did better than average, <laughs> but you know, this is, this is, this is the testament. This is the testament to the importance of cardiovascular fitness because I was, I've already been training. I've been doing this. It's not something new. I I'm cardiovascularly fit. So I, I was able to finish. What's so cool and exciting about this is that I did not give my all. And so there's a lot of room for improvement here. Obviously my transition times could improve. <laughs> that's, that's a no brainer. I know there's a few things I could do better to transition. Um, yeah, and I can get better at my swim and I can get better at my bike riding, get better at all, all these things. I can do better if I really wanted to. I might place. Yeah, I came in fifth. I was feeling really good about the race. Like I thought I might have a chance of third, but you know what? My goal was to finish and I'm really pleased and happy. Yeah, fifth in my age group, my age and gender is what I should clarify. Um, so yeah, there's my triathlon story. Hope you enjoyed that. Um, it was really fun. Am I going to do another one? Not anytime soon. Cause obviously I have some other physical challenges, um, happening, um, here probably I'm in the middle of when this, when this thing, um, when this episode goes live, but I do want to end by encouraging you. If you do not have a cardio routine in your life, Think about something that you possibly would enjoy. And it might not be running. It might be cycling. And cycling is a great sport. I think it's one of the best, best cardio sports out there. You can do it stationary. You can do it alone. You can, oh, there's all kinds of biking. There's road cycling. There's trail biking. Like every, there's so much, so many different, and, and what? It's a low impact. You can do it at any age. You can cycle all the way you know, until you die, if, if you want to, if you're able to, um, I love cycling. I think it's great, but find something that you feel like you feel, um, attracted to, you want to give a try. And if you don't like it, try it again, give it, give it a good chance, you know, because anytime we try something the first time, it's not, it might take a few times for it to feel like it's something that you like. Don't just go once and then give up, like go to Zumba and they're like, oh my God, that was awful. Because obviously if you're not in shape, it's going to be hard in the beginning, but over time 
you're going to get stronger. You're going to get better. So keep going, keep doing it. Um, and start small and add, you know, build, build from there. All right, girl, this is getting long. I didn't know how long this was going to go, but I wanted to give you the full scoop. Make sure you check out the show notes so you can get those, those calculations, pay attention to your heart rate and, and do something to improve your cardiovascular system. Check that heart resting heart rate in the morning. Um, and as you're training, and then after a significant period of time, check it again. You'll see it'll be improving. So, all right, girl, let's go. Self-care, self-love all day, every day. Do I have your word? Good. Let's go. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up, girl. I don't want to miss this opportunity to invite you to rock that fitness. I want you to come rock your fitness with us. If you've been on the fence and thinking about it, we're not going to be doing like an official huge open registration enrollment time. Right now, I have the doors open. I don't know if I'm going to be closing them anytime soon, but right now they're open. So if you want to take that leap and come on into the band and start learning nutrition for fat loss and get into a strength training program and have community and support and have Coach Abby and myself right there with you to help you on your journey, you need to go come join the band. All right. So go over to rockthatfitness.com and check out our membership page. All of the details are there. Or right now we're in the middle of Rockstar Body and Mind six week challenge. And if you missed that and you want to join that, get yourself on the interest list. That way, when we um, we start announcing that it's coming, you'll, you'll get the, you'll be first to know. All right. So anyway, head over to rockthatfitness.com and go check out go check it out and see if it's a good fit for you. Also, if you're not sure if it's a good fit, I would love to help answer any questions you have. You can send me a message on Instagram, on Facebook Messenger, or email me at rtfteam at rockthatfitness.com. rtfteam at rockthatfitness.com. That's all I got for you. Rock on, girl.